Hello and welcome to the One Percenters Supercoach Podcast for 2022. My name is Will Harris. I'll be hosting this podcast alongside the blonde, pasty, mulleted man next to me. Welcome, Todd Millington. How are you feeling, mate? Oh, mate, I am bloody excited for the season to come up. I haven't, I haven't been this excited since I reckon I was five years old and Christmas <laughs> was the next day. Oh, geez. Boy, oh, boy. Two words. Took Miller. He's oh, the inspiration boy. for this podcast. Get him in your teams. Bit premature, lads. But yeah, I'm just saying I'm a bit excited for the moment, mate. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great season and I'm looking forward to it. Cheers for having me on, Harrow. No worries, Toddy. Uh, I love that Took's already got a mention there. Before we go on to uh, commend Took for his unbelievable season and talk him up for this year again, we need to pay our respects to James and Sam Briggs, the founders of this wonderful podcast, who've unfortunately had to move on due to other commitments. Briggsy has landed a gig in sport, which is super exciting for him. Uh, but we do promise to uphold the standard of the podcast, many of the same segments, and hopefully even better banter as well. Briggsy has promised he won't be completely lost to the percenters, though. He's said that he's keen to come on for a few guest appearances and we can't wait for those. Now, speaking of segments, we do have a few new ones, a few newies coming up uh, and whispers there's a pig involved in one of them, Todd. Yeah, I know. And I'm not sure what's happening there, but um, yeah, there might be a pig. Um, I don't know. Is it floating around? It's hiding in the room somewhere. I don't know. But you'll find out later, ladies and gentlemen. And um, well, There's a pig on the ground. Also quite interested, I think, oh, we'll have our special guest. We'll hear about him later. He'll, um, we do have a special guest on later. He might be a uh, recurring uh, presenter. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how he goes. But, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully he gets asked back next week. He might, um, yeah, be short-lived. But, um, yeah, anything else? We do. I think that we're going to run with a mincing of the week. I have also heard of that. Yes, for those of you in the know that have heard that, Rocket Eid spray. Get him off! Get him off! Get him off! Uh, the mincing of the week will be reserved for the player that just has absolutely had a stinker and potentially cost you your week or gone backwards after half time. Any form of just ruining your team uh, yeah. will be eligible for a mincing. Yeah, definitely be a few of those this year. There's a lot last year. Definitely. Well, Toddy, today we're going to break it up. We're going to start with rule changes. We're going to touch on the relevant rule changes and the implications of those. And then we're going to shift into defender premiums, pick our top six for the year, and then do the same for the mids. Go through the relevant primos and pick our top eight. All right, Toddy. Supercoach HQ have dropped some enormous rule changes over the off-season. 35 trades. Boy, a few of those extra trades would have been very, very handy last year. Yeah, I know. Most definitely. I know last year there was a Krispy Kreme factory set up down in my back. A few, few donuts down there. Yeah, they were tasty, but just not quite tasty <laughs> for my Supercoach score. So I don't really like talking about that. So um, we'll move on to the uh, trade boost. Yeah, trade boosts are interesting ones. You get five of them, five trade boosts, which uh, let you just have one extra trade per round. So that's three during the season and four during the buys. I think they'll be really handy for flexibility in those buy rounds. The buys are the bane of all coaches' existence, particularly my own. Uh, I think that the trade boosts are going to be really handy around those buy rounds. Yeah, and um, also I found in the fine print there's also a new trade assist added. So I'm not sure about our audience, but I know my um, co-host, Will Harris, he struggles a little bit with oh, his trades. So geez, um, I'm not sure about yeah, that. I so think if you need that, some um, extra assistance, if we're not helping you enough and you need that extra assistance, like Will, oh, right next to me, um, the trade assist. Apparently it's new and improved and will help you out. Very rich from uh, the bloke with one of the worst rankings I've seen from uh, from a bloke hosting a Supercoach podcast last year. But we won't go into that, Toddy. Yeah. Uh, He's in for a big year this year. He has scored well in the years past, but uh, gee whiz, last year was bad for you, mate. Yeah, a bit washed up last year, mate. But, but we move on. We move on. We I think that probably the most exciting change outside of the trades uh, is the addition and reviewing of DPP status every six weeks. So I think it was after round 6, 12, um, and 18 that they're going to review players who might be able to pick up DPP. So I think... That's really important, uh, especially with certain lines like defence, where a lot of coaches are probably considering running four deep, um, four primos back there. If players like an Andy McGrath, like a Pendles, do happen to pick up DPP, you really want to be nailing the primos you pick at the start because you don't want to be missing out on them if they if they uh, pick up that DPP status. Yeah, that is quite important, especially like... You don't really, I feel like in the back line, there's a massive um, point differential between some primos, especially last year. I started with Caleb Daniel. Uh, instead of having someone averaging 105, I was stuck with a bloke averaging 90-odd, and, yeah, he just stunk it up. And 
especially with a DBP, you don't want to be five, six primos deep and then someone like a Pendles gets swung back there averaging 105 and just miss out of it miss out on him so um yeah that's really important absolutely agree and i think that's a really neat segue into our next segment defender premium so we're gonna do a deep dive here into who we think are the most relevant primos in the back line uh starting off with king gull the king seagull in the swans back line jackie lloyd Oh, boy, boy. He, um, not much to say here. Oh, there is a little bit to say, but uh, missed two games past six seasons. Averages of 108, 122, 109, 112 in his past four years. No Dawson this year may help him. First picked in my back line, Bruce Reed footy. Um, yeah, it's just a lock for me. Absolute lock. First pick just about. Uh, he's a star. I think he's going to average 115 plus this year. Had a slightly down year last year, averaging 107.8, but I think he's going to bounce back. I did actually see him before. I was just going for a quick dip at Willie Beach. Came up and I, it just nearly got me on the head. A seagull just soared over me and um, Jakey was, he just whispered in my ear. He said, I'm in for a big one this year. I'm going to rack up more cheap pill in the back line. So that's the inside word there. Get him into your side. Um, he's, a, he's a fan favourite for you. Yeah, isn't he? It's, it's funny you mentioned that, Harry. Um, last year, I was down at the G just watching the Swans versus D's. Um, yeah, went to Ruder to get some chippies. Um, Red Rooster for those who are who don't know what Ruder yeah, is. Yeah, but went there, got some chippies, sat down, had about two chips, looked back down, half my box is gone. I'm scratching my head I'm like, oh, who's stolen all my chips? Next minute, I look up. Jakey Lloyd's out there, mouthful, <laughs> biggest mouthful I could have ever seen. He's just stolen all my chips. So um, oh. yeah, we, we we don't mind his uh big scores, but when he's doing that, it's a bit of a, a bit sus. So <laughs> look, we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're speaking about seagulls. That probably leads us very very nicely into the next man. Um, I hate this man. Um, I know this is a a really wholesome Supercoach podcast. We try to spread positive vibes, but I, I hate him. I genuinely hate him. His name's Aaron Hall. Um, I, honestly, he the Afghan army uh, were more resilient and durable than Aaron's hamstrings, seriously. Uh, and I think that they fell in about two days um, when the Taliban rolled in. So this man is a walking injury. He's pinged a hammy. I was calling, I was calling for it the whole of last year. I said, it's going to happen. He somehow pulled out 100 and something average. He's just... You know, we're not going to pick him now because he's done done a string, but be very wary upgrading to this man later in the year as well. Yeah, I was really keen on this man. <laughs> Watching him run run through the half-back line, lob a handball just so he could get the one-two. <laughs> Gets bashed by the Fox footy commentators every week for him. <laughs> he, he's, he's just oh. loose about those cheap kicks. But um, there's nothing wrong when, he's just, when he pulls out his 140s. But, um, yeah, it is a... I don't know if I'll start him. He did have that hammies. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit risky. Um, I feel like if he goes down and scores a two one week, you'll want to break your computer. So, um, <laughs> oh. yeah, I don't know. At the moment, he's not in my team, but he might be an upgrade target throughout the year. He might have resident status in the Minson <laughs> of the week, I reckon, just about. Not that I'm going to pick him. But anyway, we'll move on to his fellow backline member uh, at North. Jackie Zabel, what are your thoughts there, mate? Uh, Zabes averaged a very healthy over, I think it was 107 last year, started off well. But um, for me, he's just he's too much of a fossil. He looks very ancient, looked about 35. I think he's only 31. But um, 4% of teams says a lot. Hole reduced his output a lot when he came in and was just stealing all those kicks left, right and centre. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on him. He's just a bit too pricey. Bit too old for me. What about you? Harry? Yeah, I, I thought he was about sixty-four um, when I, but I didn't realize he was thirty-one. He look, I think he's probably going to average well. Uh, he's old, I'm getting on. I think Aaron's Aaron Hall's injury might help him slightly. Um, I think he's going to play a similar role. Just too expensive for me. Um, I think they're just better options at better prices. So he's a he's a pass for me. Uh, Tommy Stewart. I'm a Cats man. A Cats nuffy. I want to pick this man desperately. Looked good in that preseason match. Looked back to his best. Is expensive, that 580k mark. He's probably unlikely to rise too much in price from there. Not currently in my side, but I think I'll be looking to upgrade to him very, very soon. Yeah, he's had a he's had a bit of a questionable preseason. There was a lot of 
things going on prior Chrissy with his foot, but he um did actually see the ballet physio. There's yeah. big news around that. Twiggle um, toes. Yeah, twiggle yeah. toes to help his feet. And um seems like it's helped because post Chrissy he's had pretty clean pretty clean um preseason, um, barely missed sessions and um he actually had a pretty solid hit out in the Prucky last weekend. Yeah, he's a big watch for me. He'll take all the kickouts just about, um, I reckon. You might split it uh, with a couple of blokes, but he'll still have a monopoly on the kickouts. Gee, it'll be very hard to resist him if he plays well next week. But um, oh, I guess the next man on our list was Daniel Rich. Now, not often a bloke breaks out in his 13th season. Um, 31 years old, only averaged 100 plus once. It's a no for me, but... God, he didn't. Yeah, I, I, not, saw, he, yeah, I, saw, I saw the, yeah. the kick-out stats today from the Pracky matches. He took all of them for the Brizzy Lions. So um, if he's taking seven to ten kick-outs a game, it's going to be juicy, but he's just a bit too expensive for me. For my liking, I'd rather go with the um, King Gull in Lloyd. Yeah. I just, yeah, I can, I can, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages over 105, but I'm just, he's 32 Six, this year. Yeah, 6% of teams would possibly be a good pod, but just, yeah, not, not for me. I don't have the... Testicular size or fortitude um, for that selection. Um, the next man I was keen on, gone slightly off him, but I think he'll be an excellent selection. Very durable. Jack Crisp. Yeah, so Crisp, it's quite interesting. Um, is it Craig McRaven who coached down at yeah, Collingwood? That's, that's him. He seems yep. to be doing a little bit. I'm not sure about this. They've got a, a four midfield types, apparently. and um, Split them up, have they? Yeah, they've split, split their plays up. It's a bit of, um, I don't know, it's a bit of um, primary school stuff going on, <laughs> splitting people into groups. But, um, yeah, so basically Crisp has been identified as a good decision-making, good decision-maker. And, um, yeah, that probably plays like Pendles and Maynard and Nick Dacos. They're in the same category. So, really, what this means is they're good players with bowling hand. And I think um, they're just going to be rotating for that midfield role. But um, from the centre bounce um, attendances from the last pracky, I feel like, Chris will be mainly playing in midfield and having spells in the back line and switching with his with the day crosses and the um Pendlebury's. So um yeah, he averaged 105 last year. He's the most durable player in the AFL, 180 odd games in a row. So if you want to go him, I'm not starting him, but if you want to start him, there's um yeah, I'm not gonna um I feel like he's yeah. a very safe selection as well. He is expensive, 570k, but very, very consistent. Doesn't pull out stinkers too often. Um, like some of the more intercept types can, like a Sicily, who we'll get to very, very shortly. Um, so I think he's going to be a very safe selection. A lot of midfield minutes. Um, wouldn't talk anyone out of selecting him. The next man you were exceptionally keen on. Yeah, it gets me excited. This man, very excited. Um, that is none other than Jordan Dawson. He's um, oh, He was out of my team for a good 24 hours, but then after that calf news, but... He's straight back into my team. I just can't go past him. Um, he's not. I feel like he's he's had car complaints, but he should be right for round one. It doesn't seem like anything too serious. I feel like he could have almost played if it was during the year, but um, yeah, he has massive potential. Six season, a whopping hundred and fourteen average post buys when he was moved onto that wing. Yeah, that's massive. He's going to be playing that same role at the Crows and even getting some inside mid minutes apparently. So yeah, I'm really keen on him. I can see him having a huge year. Upwards of uh, trying to hit that 110 mark by end of the year, I feel like he can do that. Um, it's just his one one little concern. She has she has the same surname as none other Zach Dawson. That's <laughs> that's that's my only concern. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't don't jinx him, mate. Don't, yeah, don't bring that up. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they're related. They can't be. <laughs> one's one's a yeah. A magnificent super coach player. The other one, yeah. I just, yeah, you don't even have to talk about that. But yeah, <laughs> all I'm saying is he's in my team, and um, he's yeah. only in ten percent of teams. So I mean, yeah, I don't know how you define a pod, but flying under the radar. I did have a great season last year. Brave selection now that he has pinged the calf or experiencing calf soreness. But if he lines up in round one, could definitely reward coaches that take the punt. Dyson Heppel is the next man. Now I know that your face is just crimpled up into a strange expression, but hear me out. Dyson is in one percent of teams. One percent of teams. This man, I just think he's a massive, massive pod. That is a oh, yes. There's the injury risk. There's the durability concern. I think that he's a high risk, high reward selection. Um, but I, I think he should be in more than one percent of teams. Sure. Yeah, it is a bit um, bit cruel on Heffel. He was pretty solid last year, and he's he's averaged over that 100 mark quite a few times. It, 
just for me, he's just missed a few too many games for my liking, and there's just better options out there at 540k. I'm just, yeah, it's a pass for me, but average of 99 last year, coming off that season prior where he had been, you know, played three games, was injured, he had that foot injury. If he plays 22 games and averages, oh, I don't know. He's never averaged I, over I feel, 100. I feel like if, you, if you're one of those super coaches who love a, a good solid pod, like one of my fellow mates, Blake, then, <laughs> um, yeah, just that rogue player who he can pull out a 150 and then everyone's just like, yeah, it gets into your um, what's it called? Your matchup for that week in your league play. So um, yeah, Heppel, risky yeah. selection. I don't mind it. He's not in my team at the moment, but I just thought one percent ownership was yeah, was pretty crazy. Uh, next man, Jordan Ridley. Um, we're going to discuss fellow Bombers man. Very popular selection. Young breakout potential this year again. What do you reckon? Um, he's a freak. He's only twenty three. Intercepting machine. Went bananas at the start of last year, I remember. Just went straight to 650K and everyone was getting a bit worried and then yeah. fortunately got knocked out. Say that again. Yeah. Fortunately got knocked out. But um, come on, man. It's not fortunately. We no, I did put... say unfortunately. So sorry. Clarify for, that. Yeah, but I should clarify that. But um, yeah, he's had a big preseason speed training. He's improved his speed with McGrath. And that's um quote to hit the contest harder. So we, there's nothing. We do love to hear that. Yeah, we do love to hear that. But um. Yeah, I feel like last year he struggled at stages. He had to play a bit more of a man on man because of the um lack of um lack of backman down there because of the injuries. But um they have recruited Kelly, so he may help free him up. But um yeah, it's quite an interesting one. He could easily bump that average up, but I can see him just floating around that hundred. So I'm not really sure what you reckon, Harry. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I know some coaches are exceptionally keen on that man. He's more of a 50-50 for me, not currently in my side, has been, obviously broke out in 2020, averaged 101, had a superb season, played every game. Still played 21 games last year, averaged 98, bit of a dip. I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll average over 100 um, and take those intercept marks that he loves to take. But, yeah, not in my side at the moment. Um, but he's a big watch for me. I think the next man, and I love this man, <laughs> almost as much as I love Tuke Miller, uh, Jaden Short. Yeah, I'm not so in, infatuated yeah. is the word yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, infatuated as Harrow is here. Thanks, thanks for helping me. But um, yeah, it's just oh, I was a bit surprised. Oh, he did average 105 last year without Basher Hooley. That is a big, big um point. No Basher this year, stealing those kicks off him. But um, yeah, he's just a bit too, I don't know, a little bit too inconsistent. He can pull out your 80s, your 70s, and then he pulls out 130 for a few weeks. I think he's yeah, fine under the radar. I think he's going to be an excellent selection. He has looked in good touch. 35 possessions last week in the practice match. The defence was completely run through him. And I think, I mean, 105 as a defender is certainly nothing to sneeze at. That would put you in the top six, I think, yeah. from last year. On average, I think he will average 105 plus, um, And at 530K or whatever he is, uh, I think he's a good selection. Yeah, what's his ownership at the moment? It's only at 12%. I feel like a few coaches are a bit scarred from last year. He was he was the talk of the preseason last year. Talked yep. up a lot, a lot of hype around him, and he sort of let a lot of people down. So I feel like that's the um, that's why not so many coaches, only the 12% have him so far. But he is a solid selection. Caleb Daniel. Now, I know this man has given you a few nightmares. He's... Uh, Scared you in your sleep a little bit. Yep, Did average 99 and 101 in 2020 and 2021, respectively. Let you down last year, but might bounce back this year. For me, he's he's a very small man, but a very <laughs> scary man for me. And oh, he's he's left some print on me. And I just I can't do it to myself. I I feel like Bailey Dale, the emergence of Bailey Dale, he's sort of um sharing his role a little bit, and that's may affect his scoring. Yeah, I think we'll yeah. touch on the, the Bebo factor as well yeah. a little bit later. Um, but Caleb could end up in the ruck with Bebo. You just don't know um, where he's going to play, what his role might be. Could up, end up as key yeah. forward. You really just don't know. Last season, I'm pretty sure his one game is on about, oh, I think, like 10 at half time, And Bebo actually moved him in, back into the back line. He was playing on forward or something like that. Just yeah. Bebo, he just, he's just... It's a bit scary yeah. um, with Bebo. And he's got a, a really... Bizarre, eccentric uh, bit of facial hair, which we do love and embrace, but uh, if that's any window into the psyche of Bebo at the moment, uh, you're just not sure what's going on upstairs in that noggin. So Caleb's a pass for me as well. Uh, the next man, though, is thoroughly 
entrenched in my back line. Lockie Whitfield. Yep, he certainly he slotted in at D3 at the moment for um, my team. And, yeah, he's just got that firepower, doesn't he? He had a bit of an off-season last year, but he just never really got going, did he, Harry? Yeah, I agree. Obviously, he had a bit of a dip in his average last year. Had that injury, was it to his liver or kidney that he lacerated? Um, everything. Yeah. I feel like that set him back. Obviously, cost him his preseason. Um, I didn't play until round seven, pulled out 83, 74, 80, and then started to get going a little bit. Didn't finish the season super well, but did punch out a 132 in the semifinal. I think with a full preseason, uh, he's definitely capable of getting back to his best. He's just such an elite weapon by foot. Average 111 in 2019, 104 in 2020. I think he can get back to his best. I'm backing him in. And obviously, there's a bit of value built into his price as well. Uh, he's just, yeah, he's in my side at the moment. I love him. Um, the most popular selection um, that we'll talk about, thoroughly discounted due to being out for the year, Uh James Sicily, he's just he's a lock, isn't he? Yeah, he this bloke will do anything for a stat. He loves himself, intercepting machine. He just I can just see him on the G taking that intercept across half back. Then he bombs at about sixty meters and earns you about fifteen super coach in one play. He's just got a massive ceiling. Can punch out those one fifties. Bit bit of a risk with that uh, that new um crackdown and umpire abuse. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely on suspension watch most weeks. Those faces that, uh, you know, when you see that, you want to give it a bit of a mix-up. But I think you just have to look to his 2020 season um, when he just went on that streak, didn't he? 128, 114. Did have a stinker in round 5, 44. Um, yeah, that's... that's always a risk with someone like Sicily, but just has a massive ceiling. 132, 149, 164. The three games after that, I think at 400 and... 40k um his scoring potential just makes him too hard to ignore you are running the risk of having him pull out a 50 and costing you a week here and there something yeah. that probably probably not going to happen so much with someone like a crisp or a short who rack up enough of the pill um to boost their floor but i just think he's um he's a great selection only concern for me is that he might Gets one forward, but hopefully Sammy Mitchell has the sense to just keep him in the back line yeah. where he belongs. That was a bit of a worry back in the day when um, Sicily would go on that run, punch out the 140s, and then Clarko, the the wizard, wizardry, yeah. which he'd call it, and send him down forward and he'd just stink it up. And yeah. then everyone would say, Clarko, you superstar. And the super coach, Weo, would just be devastated because Sicily would score <laughs> about 30 points and just... Yeah. yeah, it wasn't wasn't good to see Mark go forward at the end of quarters. But yeah, that has affected his average in the past. So he's definitely when he if he just stays down in that back line whole set, the whole season, I can see him going one hundred and five plus for sure. He yeah. just yeah, is in for a big year. Okay, we've been through who we think are the most relevant. Let's hold ourselves accountable here and list off our top six defenders who we think um, will be you know the, the top six by total points at the end of the year. Uh, not by average, because even if Aaron Hall averages 150 and plays, you know, six games, he still can't get in here. So um, we just are doing anything to keep that man out of contention. So for me, I've got number one, the Seagull, Jackie Lloyd. Number two, Tommy Stewart. I think he will bounce back. I need to find a way to get him in my side. Three, Crisp. I think he's going to rack up a lot of the pill in the midfield. Number four, James Sicily. Also going to bounce back, I think, um, after that lengthy layoff. Number five, Lockie Whitfield. I think he'll bounce back too. And number six, Jaden Short. I think he's going to have a great season without Hawley um, pushing that 105 average. What about you, mate? Yeah, so that's quite interesting. I've also got Jake Lloyd at number one. Not in your top six, but I've got Dawson at number two. He's number in for a two. big year. Oh, gee whiz, that's a big call. We'll uh, re revisit that at the end of the season. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mark my words, he's top two, lads. And um, three, we've got Stewie. Four, we've got Whitfield. Five, we've got Sicily. And rounding out our top six, we have Crisp. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. Similar, but... Uh, I yeah, think, that's... Um, yeah, Ridley's bit... Ridley's stiff there. For, bit stiff there. For both of us, and, but... Um, Daniel be... Rich as well. I feel like we're not giving him enough yeah. credit for his season last year, but it's just... If he has that kick-out monopoly, he's probably going to push into that. I'll tell you what. Top the six to eight. The only way Dawson doesn't finish top two is if Aaron Hall plays 22 <laughs> games. <laughs> Some miracle happens. <laughs> he walks Can on we water. Stop? Let's stop talking. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just please. I, stop us there. I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> okay, so 
in response to our top six predictions, I've just got word. Uh, little Birdie's just told me that our special guest has just sent through a bit of a message. Um, Nick French uh, is his name. He'll introduce himself, I'm sure. But let's listen to what he's got to say. Welcome, guys, to a new segment in the One Percenters podcast this year, Frenchie's Fortune Telling, brought to you by yours truly, Nick French. Now, I've had a look into my little glass jar, my little glass bubble, and I've got something that might tickle the feathers of a few One Percenters listeners this year. They might be going, what is this bloke on about? Who have they got on the show this year? Well, I've got a little fortune. I've, I've, I've seen into the future. And my one big fortune teller for this year is do not pick Jake Lloyd. Jake, weak as piss Lloyd. That guy, look, he just racks it up. He gets cheap posies. I don't know how he's actually averaged over 100 in the last three years. A lot of people probably think, oh, he's a lot this year got to have him. You've got to have him. Well, guess what, guys? I've got a prediction for you right here. He's not going to be in the top six defenders by the end of this year. And if you pick him in your side, well, you're not going to make the grand final of Supercoach because he's not going to be good enough for the defensive line this year. That's what you've heard here first, gents and ladies. Please listen when I say this. Do not pick Jake Lloyd this year. Cheers. Oh wow, gee whiz! Boy, oh boy, that is that is massive. He's just—we've put Lordy Jeez. the Seagull at number one, and he's he's claimed that he's not in the top six. Jeez. The super coaches, the podcast credibility is just in the in the toilet at the I'll moment. Tell you what, I'll tell you what. Come super coach Mad Monday, if Jake Lloyd is not in the top six defenders, <laughs> midday Swan Street, I will do a nudie run. That is in. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I've just uh, we could say that one, oh. ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, it's just it's just not going to happen. Record that, send that to the local police station in Richmond. I think because <laughs> no one needs to see that. Uh, but yeah, wow, that's I'm not sure about that. From, yeah, from, from I don't know. If we, I don't know if his season's going to be that long with us. I yeah. hope that I'm playing him in round one and now. Yeah, league, that's that's French's for sure. fortune tally might be a very short lived um, segment. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that one, Frenchie. Uh, hopefully, we love the back. input and um, yeah. Bit hope. better, bit better from him next week. We'll hope for. <laughs> All right, we'll shift into mid primos. Um, let's just start with the man you just have to pick. I reckon nearly seven hundred k. Just loves the Sharon, loves leather. Jack McRae. Yeah, I feel like this bloke was made by Champion Data. He's just yeah. an absolute gun. Um, yeah, it's just he's just going to pump out one thirties. He's only under 113 five times last year. He's missed three games in the last five seasons. Um, yeah, what do you... Oh, I just think averages of 127, 123, 121, 128 the last four years. Just pick him. I reckon don't have to say much more than that. Oh, I just remembered Um, <laughs> just remembered this the other night, having a dream. Oh, here we go. He's <laughs> crazy in the change rooms, checking his phone post-game, 40 touches. He's got that that smirk on his face, and on his phone, he's just got himself captain in Supercoach for 120th week in a row, and he just he just loves it. He's he's oh. not doing, he's not disappointed. He's just he's scoring 130s, and yeah, getting getting this season, he'll average above 125. Yeah, look, he's one great. I really miss a game and yeah, just get him into your team. A lock for a, a captaincy option every week. He's yeah, straight into my team. Yeah, M1 for me, um, M2 for me. We did speak about him. He was out of my side for some reason. I don't know what. I have to check what medication I'm on at the moment because I think that it's just outrageous that he wasn't in my team. Took me a lot. My goodness me, I could talk about this bloke um, for hours and hours, but average of 131 after round six, 131. That's locking, Whoa, that's, that's locking your lesk, that is. Um, that's massive. Yes, you're paying a premium for him, but that's exactly what he is. He's a primo. The rest of the team are pretty bloody average. He's going to just dominate in that midfield. He's their go-to option. Matty Rowell, bit of support for him. But, oh, look, I just think he, he's just – I can't believe he's only in 14% of teams. Yeah, no, I love this man. Um, Yeah, just just pick him. I know that the, the thing is that there's the big four that we talk about, not the big four banks, the big four super coach mids. There's McRae, Took, Oliver, and Steele. 
And the majority of coaches probably have three of them. And I feel like the majority of coaches probably have McRae, Oliver, and Steele. So by picking Took, you do get a bit of a pod. And I think that you're going to get a player that will out-average Steele. That's a bit of a bold prediction from me. But I just think that he's just so fit. He just gets to every contest. He's a specimen. A genuine specimen. I, yeah, I talk him, talking about him being a specimen. Um, yeah, I've actually, um, yeah, I may or may not have um, a real size poster of him <laughs> inside my bedroom wall on my bedroom wall. Um, yeah, um, oh, yeah, I'll keep that under wraps. Hope but, Took but, doesn't um, listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, no, we love you too. But um, yeah, he's he sort of sneaked past everyone last year, and before you knew it, you had to put your house on mortgage and sell everything you had to afford yeah, him. Very, very expensive. Yeah, he's just a very tasty option. Um, even um, he's in great shape, and even last weekend had third in the pracky, and uh, apparently he um was just walking around the field. <laughs> so um, he's in great shape. He's oh, I can, I can just see him being he oh one twenty five plus. Yeah, just I get agree. him in your team. Yeah, and he's. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, just that fit, Absolutely and we love agree. it. Now you're a D's tragic. The next man you have enormous wraps on, Clayton Oliver. Yeah, geez, not much to say here. He's a gun. You just have to watch his finals campaign last year. He's, I think, he averaged like one forty or something throughout the finals. Absolute gun. He's improved his kicking. That game against Brizzy, he was just hitting, hitting tit left, right, and center, <laughs> carved up. The um, Brizzy Lions, and um, yeah, he's also really durable. He's got the second longest streak of consecutive games in the AFL. Basically, hasn't missed a game since he started. So that's I think 130 games in a row. He just loves footy, loves the hardball. Um, something when he was a junior, which knocked him back. He did love his uh, sneaky chicken nugget, but um, he has replaced that for deep fried Sharon these days. And um, he actually oh. ate some ate some juicy kangaroo burgers last week and just took the piss. Uh, <laughs> The funniest photo I think I've seen is that photo of him as a Murray Bush Ranger. I think they almost had to do a like a, a landscape photo to get him in. Um, he was that large, um, but he's shed the kegs. He's a star. He's, he's just a gun. He'll be in my side. No yeah, doubt about it. Apparently, they had to shut down all the Maccas around, <laughs> around or in interstate when he had to travel there. He's just too he's dangerous. Just too dangerous around the Maccas. Yeah. Well, He's uh he's broken those bad habits. He's just a super catch weapon. Yeah. So in my side, next yeah look yeah. next man uh is also a very very popular selection. Not in either of our teams at the moment, which could make or break us. This but could change, but yeah. Oh jeez, do you reckon? I don't think he'll start in my side. Maybe. His name's Jack Steele. Uh, he's a weapon. He's backed up his uh sensational twenty twenty uh season with a massive year last year. Averaged one hundred and twenty six. As a, yeah, you know, currently in 45% of teams, he won't let you down. Even if he's not racking up much of the pill, he just tackles so much that he's always going to pull out a decent score. Um, but, yeah, not currently in my side. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, do you know what he averaged post-buys last year? Because I just remember looking at it. Um, I haven't seen numbers like that since the great Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah. They were just insane. But, um, yeah, if he keeps that form going, I'll be disappointed about not having him. But I, I feel like out of the... Big four, he might be the easiest to upgrade to during the season if he pulls out a couple low hundreds when the Saints are just yeah. just don't turn up to play and he's the only one who rocks up with his footy boots on. So um oh, no, it is hard though, because he did from round eleven onwards go one fifty four, one forty, one twenty six, one thirty two, one fifty four, one forty nine, one forty five, one oh nine, one fifty eight, one fifty five. That's outrageous really. Um so he won't let you down. I just you can't have them all, and I love Took so much that he's just going to be in my side. I think that Took will out average Steel, but Steel is definitely a safe selection, and that's definitely reflected in his ownership percentage at the moment. So, moving on, we've got uh, Lockie Neal, probably I think the most owned still. I think he was about forty-eight percent. No, yeah, forty-eight percent when I last checked. Um, and if you're not including Dunkley, he's the most uh, commonly selected player at the moment in the guts. Obviously, a star, history of scoring ridiculously well, Tom Rockliffe-esque um, in his prime. Fags, bit of word that, you know, he would play less midfield to open up opportunity for the Zach Baileys, for the Cam Rainers, but I just think that's pre-season waffle from Fags. Yes, he might play a bit on a wing and rotate forward, but I think he still attended a stack of centre bounces in the Prachy game. 
Huge scoring potential in history. Tunned up in the pracky. I just think you're going to... Oh, jeez, you just got to pick him at 540k, don't you? If he's anywhere near his best. Oh, considering I paid 720k <laughs> for him last year. We all know how that turned oh, out. That was no. just... Oh, that was sloppy stuff. Followed by a 150. Followed by sloppy. Followed by a 150. And yeah. it's just more sloppy stuff. So, um, hopefully none of that this year. But, um, yeah, he does have a... He's only 20, turning 29 this year. So, he's got a lot of good footy ahead of him. I feel like he's back. Apparently... According to Fagan, he's um, turned up in great shape and hasn't missed a session, and he's probably in the best shape of his career. So I don't know what that's worth, considering last year he yeah. um, took his game to a whole new level, apparently in the preseason. But, um, yeah, there is a lot of talk that he's had a solid preseason. And um, I feel like worst-case scenario, if he averages 110, he's still happy at that price. Yeah. It might just be out those top eight mids, but... Yeah, I feel like it's just a win-win. Best case, he gets back to his best and he pushes that 120 average. So, yeah, he's in my team. Yeah, agree. Uh, next man I'm a big fan of. I know that you're not super keen. He's not in my side at the moment, but I think he could very easily work his way in after a big performance next uh, or in the week coming in the practice matches in the preseason. Josh Kelly. Now, this man has a massive proven track record of scoring well. Um did have a bit of a dip in his average last year. I think he averaged about 107. Um, but if you factor out the first, I think it was six games where Leon has just decided to park the Rolls-Royce, you know, at half forward, um, which is just ridiculous coaching from my perspective. Um, he did average 113 after he shifted back into the guts once Lockie Whitfield had returned. Um, the four years before that, averaging above or close to 115. So the scoring potential is uh, not the issue. It's just your ability. Now, clearly that's a very relevant concern. The extra trades do make him more appealing. Um, I think that if he plays between 20 and 22 games, he'll be in the top eight to 10 mids. Um, Just depends on how courageous you are. I think he's a good selection. Oh, he's a great selection if he plays a full season, um, but it's just always... Always the gamble, isn't it, with injury, yeah, injured um, players? Bit of a bit of a bad history for Cali. He's sort of been um, quite relevant in his past years, but we didn't have so many mids averaging such ridiculous numbers. He um he's always had that um scoring up in the one fifteen. So he can be injured for the whole season, come out and just pump one forties. He's always had that in him. But um for me, I've just been burnt too many times in the past. He's just he did play twenty one games last did year. Did do that, but yeah, it's just prior to that, he just misses too many games and those quads, those calves, those whatever he does wrong. I don't know. He's just I can't do it to myself. It's just better options out there. Fair enough. The next man gets points for breathing, for sweating, walking. Champion data have a poster of him in their office. They're obsessed with him. His name's Marcus Bontempelli. Gee whiz, they do love him, don't they? Yeah, they do love him. It annoys me because I've never had him in my team. And when he has 10 touches involving one kick and nine handballs and scores 180, I do get quite <laughs> frustrated. Yeah, look, but, we, um, we know that Supercoach rewards efficiency. Uh, he is efficient. We know that he's a big game player. Uh, I, You know, there's obviously talk that he will play a bit more forward this year. That makes him slightly less attractive. He's probably still going to kick goals and score well. I think he'll probably average over 115 again. Uh, just not for me. I don't know. I just yeah. I'd like I to, feel yeah. like the, the Bevo factor there. If he stinks it up one week, just put, gets put on like centre half bench and just yeah, doesn't score that much. I don't know what Bevo's doing, but oh, Bevo puts him in the ruck. He might be able to get him at a discount. Yeah, he can be a little bit inconsistent at stages, but um, yeah, he's probably an upgrade target for me. Yeah, I agree. The next man though is oh boy, he's very very close to making his way into my side. Last time I checked, this bike was at two percent ownership. Uh, he's for the Crows. He's 632K. He's averaged 116. I'll repeat that, 116, the ninth highest mid average from last year. His name's Rory Laird. Now, from round 12 onwards, average of 126. 126, that's putting him right into the upper echelon of midfielders. He's going to have the same role. He's going to rack up the pill in the guts of the Crows. I think he's tempting. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, he's always been a reliable scorer, but he was just down in the back line playing that um, half-back role, and he's just been moved into the midfield, and he's just um, maintained that reliability, and he's averaged 115. I don't see why he doesn't average around about 
that mark this year. I know post post round twelve last year, he averaged one twenty six. He really got used to that in in an under roll. And he's um yeah, only missed two games in the past five years. I can't, he's actually a really good option. He's only in five percent of teams. Two percent. Two percent. He moved teams. down to two percent. So. Yeah. Jeez, that is, oh, 2%. That's massive pod that status. Is, that, that's criminal. He could easily push that average up to 120. Yeah, I'm. you that's can tempting. pick him, but I oh, I sort of want to pick him now because he's only got 2%. He's only in 2% of teams, but, yeah, he's a really good option. I feel like he's not really going to average under 110. He, yeah, he'll be a really good option and really consistent. Angus Brayshaw is the next man that will oh, not Angus mix, mixed, mixed up, up mixed up the brothers. Brother. Yeah, yeah look, we probably won't be selecting Angus. I know you're a big fan of his, but uh, no, the younger brother, the Freo man, Andrew Brayshaw. Now we know Sarong's departed in no, not Sarong, Chera. I will correct myself has departed in the off season. He's going to have to carry that midfield even more. Fife probably going to play more forward. We know he's had those shoulder troubles. He's going to have to put the team on his back. We know that he can go massive. I think he scored a 190 in the latest stages of last year. Average of about 107 last year. Does he take it to the next level, 2022? Oh, I believe he does. So um, what was holding him back last year? He was just a little bit inconsistent. Inconsistent at stages. We, I think, had a low of 48. But um, sort of, I think he cleaned that up later in the year. If I'm, Yeah, I just reckon if he cleans up those bad scores and he improves that floor, and maybe if his lower scores are only around those 89s, his average straight away goes up to that 110-plus mark. And I feel he's matured a little bit. He's got a really balanced game for Supercoach, tackles well, gets that good balance of kicks and handballs, and I just feel like he's in for a big year. He's a good preseason. He's been shredding it from all reports down at the Dockers, and, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he, yeah, takes it to that new level this year. Um, he's a really good option at that slight discount to those um, the upper echelon of players. He's, I think he's un, is he under 600k? Uh, just under 600k. Only in 6% of teams. Yeah, so, so he's that's a very, two. very juicy. 584k, yeah. average of 107 last year. Very, very young. Could explode. I like that selection. Not in my side, but I do very, very much respect that as a selection. Um, the last man that we'll talk about. Oh, I think um, you just missed oh, one. We've, you've got another one. Oh, I've, I've play, got a player you've been really. Wow, I'm really excited about um, Tom, Tommy Mitchell. Oh, I cannot believe we've just missed uh, Tommy Mitchell, but he is in my side. That's he sure. is and in I your team. That's a bit surprised. He's just yeah, gone no, straight I over must him. Have, uh, skipped him. No, he, he is uh, a man down there. He's an absolute superstar. Absolutely dominated in the back half of the season. Uh, scoring history is there. I think he's going to bounce back this year. Um, I think he's going to hit 700K at, at one stage. That's <laughs> That's a big call, I know, but I think that he's just an absolute fantasy pig. Uh, he'll rack up the pill in the middle of the ground. He's a great selection um, in that low 600K. I think that's value. Um, and I think that he's, yeah, he's a lock for me. Yeah, 128 average post buys last year. I feel like he's, wow. yeah, it's massive. I reckon he could challenge the big four. I feel like he's at first in line to um, really try and push into that top four. Um, Sam Mitchell has been revving the lads up, trying to get that grunt back into the um, Hawks midfield. I feel like yep. he's going to be um, leading that charge. And, um, yeah, I feel like last year he was suited back to the full game lengths that suits him. And um, he's actually he is reliable. If you time travel past that season, he broke his leg. He hasn't missed a, missed a game in five seasons he's played. Yeah. Past five seasons he's um, stepped foot in the ground. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've been tempted. He's been in my team at stages, and I know he's – Currently in um, Harrow's team. Yeah, in my side. From round 17 onwards, 131, 171, 111, 132, 150, 117, 127. Yeah, it's just... We love to see players play well in the back half of the season. He's had a full preseason by all reports. I just, yeah, star. He's in my side. Um, I'm the other man that I was going to mention, who I think is an excellent pot as well. I'm shocked by his ownership as well. I know that uh, our past host... James Briggs is very, very keen on this man. Uh, a little bit of Essendon bias probably built into that decision, but I think he's a great selection. 9% ownership. Darcy Parrish. Now, 121.7 average from round six onwards. Not post buys, round six onwards once he'd locked himself into that full-time mid-roll, once Truck backed him in there. I think he's a great selection. I know that you're a bit scared about him copying a tag. I think he was shut down by DeBoer at one stage, but... I mean, how many teams are going to actually tag? I just don't think that he's going to cop a tag every week. I think that he'll average 
115, 110 to 115. Wouldn't surprise me to see him average 120. What are your thoughts? Um, for me, I just feel like one week it might be might be round one, might be round 20. Someone's going to touch him at a stoppage, put a shot, an arm around him, and he'll score 30 points. So oh, for me, that's a big call. I feel like he's still going to average in that that healthy 115 range. But yeah, been but a bit, he's averaging yeah, 115. He's yeah, I'm exaggerating a bit, but I feel like he's an upgrade target for me. His price will dip at one stage. That's sort of um his fellow midfielder merit sort of in that same situation. I think I've had merit the last few seasons, but I've always got him at a discount. He just loves to pump out those um, low scores. I think I've got here his lowest score last year, 64, the year before about 68, and he had a 59 the year before that and a 17 the year before that. So he always has a tendency to pull out those low 60s and 50s and getting injured early in games. So I feel like, yeah, Parrish and Merritt, they're – both yeah. sort of upgrade targets for me personally, but you can start them. Yeah, fair it's enough, Toddy. If we just whip through two quick shout-outs, obviously Sammy Walsh, he's injured at the moment, done the ankle. He was locked into my side before he got injured. Get well soon, mate. You'll be in my side when you're back in the team. We love you. And another man that you're very, very fond of, almost too fond of, um, really, is Christian Petrarca. Now, what are your thoughts there? Oh, I love this man. He's um, one of my favourite humans. Walking your surf at the moment. You just have to watch the replay of his grand final last year. That was majestic. I think he scored about 100 and, 180 super coach or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm very tempted at this stage. It's it's going to be my worst nightmare if I don't start him. And he just pumps out 150s after 150s, and I just he just goes to that upper 600k yeah. mark, and I just can't get him into my team. He's looking very fit. He's been dominating the midfield. That trio in with him, Oliver, and Gorn, that would be, be deadly. Off, yeah, 117 from around 10 onwards. That's very, very promising. Not in my side, but another man yeah, that I wouldn't talk anyone out of. Who would you take if you were lining up Christian Petrarca and Rory Laird? 2% versus 11%. Laird only 26K more. I feel like they'll both challenge that 120 average mark, but um, I'd probably Laird, start me. I'd probably start Laird because I feel like Petrarca, he can pull out the odd 80 or 80 or 90 and I feel like he's he might be easier to get into your team yeah it's just where well, it's slightly more consistent so that's I think I might not start the track and look to upgrade to him during the season fair enough all right top eight mids let's list them off I'll start it off number one King pig Jack McRae number two Tukey Miller number three I reckon Clayton Oliver's in for a big year for Tommy Mitchell to bounce back and establish fantasy pig status yet again. Number five, Jack Steele, who's consistent. He'll rack up tackles and average well. Six, Lockie Neal, also another one to bounce back. Number seven, huge call from me. I think Josh Kelly. Jeez, that's massive. I think he'll play enough games to really average well and push into that top eight. Uh, and then I had Roy Laird as my eighth selection, just shading Pelly. What about yourself? Oh, so at number one, this bloke. Oh, first picked in my squad this year, even above took the man, the legend himself, Clayton Oliver. He's oh. going to that 130 stage. He's got a lot of improvement. I feel like his kicking has improved later in the season. And you just have to watch that final season. He was just tearing it up, flying through the midfield there, kicking goals from the centre bounce. I feel like he's got 130s all over him. He does play Adelaide at Amy Stadium, I believe, this year again. Place. Averages 204. <laughs> It passed it's a 204.5 past two <laughs> outings there. Not, yeah, that's outrageous. Yeah, so um, that's it must good. have a good BP with like a good pie, I reckon, near the Adelaide <laughs> Oval. It just swings past and gives him a bit of energy for the game, I reckon. Yeah, there's something going on. I don't know, maybe something in the water up there when he drinks it. He just, I don't know, gets a cape <laughs> on his back and just <laughs> just loves it. But, um, yeah, number two, I've got Took, as I just mentioned. I feel like he has a massive year. Number three, shifting down the rankings a bit, is McRae. Um, ben rounding out the top four, I've got Steele at five. I've got Titch at six. I've got Lockie Neal to bounce back at seven. I've got Andy Brayshaw to take oh, that next big, step. That's a big, big call, but and I don't mind it. At number eight, I've got Bont. He just, I don't know, champion died. I won't allow him to not be in that top eight, I feel yeah, I like. I think it's in their contracts if I don't have him in the top eight. <laughs> yeah, I coach feel wise. like, yeah, they get shut down. But, but um, yeah, yeah that's no performance bonus if he's not in the top eight, I think. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, that's Brayshaw, big call eight. for you. Kelly, big call for me. 
Yeah, so I that think they're Laird, both. Laird and Bond were pretty similar. I probably had Laird next in line. Yeah, well, I guess one question, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Most coaches probably have three out of the four of the big four. So most coaches, as we mentioned, probably have McRae, uh, Oliver and Steele. It sounds like we're opting for McRae, Tuke and Oliver. That's going to be my setup. Um, but coaches probably have room for one more mid. Now, yes, a lot of coaches are going to have Lockie Neal. Um, but for coaches that are running five deep in the guts or have room for maybe one pod in the guts, out of all the ones that we've just spoken about, who would you be opting for? Personally, I'm feeling like Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. 6% ownership. He's just – he's tearing it up. He's shown that he can just pump out massive scores. I feel like the Dockers, they may be a little bit more competitive. They were pretty bad last year and he was still able to pull out the scores. Yeah. But he did. So, um, yeah, I just feel like there's only upside in Brayshaw this year. And, I'm, yeah, I'm almost, you know, I'm quite – there's just so many options this year. It's a bit hard. But, yeah, Brayshaw, he, I reckon he's in for a big year. Yeah, I think that Mitchell's not really a pod. He's in 17% of teams. He's just absolutely locked into my side. I absolutely recommend him as a selection. Um, oh, Kelly, for those of you that just, you know, like risks and gambling, um, and then Laird, I think, for – People that want a pod, but a, a safe selection as well. Two percent of two percent ownership is just absurd. So, those would be my suggestions. All right, that pretty much wraps up the first one percenters episode for twenty twenty two. Would be remiss of me not to give the Twitter a bit of a plug. Keep your eyes peeled for that. We will be relaunching, rebranding the one percenters Twitter percenters underscore one handle will remain the same, but definitely stay tuned for that. Over the next couple of days, it'll probably already be launched by the time this episode is released. We'll try and get another episode out, what do you reckon, early next week? Yeah, early, maybe next Monday or Tuesday. Get two episodes out next week. Um, yeah, got some big things coming. We'll look at the uh, the rucks. There's a lot going in the ruck department yeah. this year. And, um, yeah, we'll, even the forward line. That's, that's yeah, we'll go rucks, rucks forwards. We'll do uh, as our next episode, cover all of the... Uh, primos in the forward line and a bit of well I guess there's not really that many primos but we might dive into a few more mid prices in the mid uh, in the forward line and we'll also cover the ruck division um, and then in the episodes after that we might get into more mid prices throughout other lines a bit more about structure um, a bit more about the rookies after that, the rookies and, and also uh, obviously covering the wash up from the pre-season official matches so stay tuned um, and we look forward to getting heaps more episodes out really, really soon.